Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, McKenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. For short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together, pick that one. Bloomer in fact, ahead of Manuel and Hirsch Amenya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come at her. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes! victory. <laughs> And welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. We've had a, a bit of a break. Shannon and I have had a, a week off due to some uh, busy schedules, but we're back again and we're going to talk about those busy schedules in a second. Uh, but firstly, not before I introduced the man of the show, Mr. Shannon Rollison himself. Shannon, how you been? Yeah, good, Robbie. Um, a little bit tight from all the standing on the weekend, but uh, other than that, Going strong. yourself a, a massage, mate, a bit of a physio appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Loosen the hammies up a bit. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll just start with stretching. Yeah. <laughs> get the foam roller out. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, let's get straight to it, obviously, for everyone listening. Um, and it, what we were at, essentially, Shannon, did become a bit more worldwide news because of Kayleigh McEwen's world record, which sort of caught a few people by surprise. I think even herself, with you look at her facial expressions, Kind of like, wow, okay, I thought I was feeling good, but I didn't know I was going that good. Um, so obviously it caught the world's attention, but, you know, for, for yourself, for your team uh, at New South Wales State Open Champs over the weekend, how did you how'd you go? Oh, uh, yeah, it was good. It, um, I thought the meet was, you know, at a good standard um, and uh, depth-wise and stuff like that. And then um, my guys were solid. Uh and it's always nice to see a world record, especially when it's unexpected. And it's probably been been a while since there would have been a world record at a New South, New South Wales Open. I think maybe, was it Eamon Sullivan maybe? I think might have broken a world record there in the 53 one year. Mm. I'm not sure. You'd, you'd probably, you know, you've been at the finals and stuff more than I would have been, but... Yeah, I couldn't imagine it's general practice at the South no. State Chair. Still fast swimming usually, for sure, but world record speed. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely a, a different pace. Um, did you see anything over the weekend that caught your eye? You're usually someone who's sort of a keen watcher and certainly some of the younger swimmers coming through, you sort of keep an eye on sometimes. Did anything catch your eye outside of obviously the world record? or? Um. No, no. <laughs> uh, there was a few slow events, I thought, you know. Yeah. Men's breaststroke was slow. That that caught my eye. <laughs> what uh, What was the winning time? In the 100, I, thought, I think it was like 61 mid. Okay. And then the 50, 50 wasn't very quick either. So, mm. yeah, a bit of work to do from, from the... From the boys. Mm. 
So just in terms of your, your own squad, Shannon, you said they, they did well. So they sort of met where you thought they would be at in the lead up to obviously we're not that far away from Australian championships and whether some of them are targeted for that or whether some of them are targeted for obviously the trials in, in June. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're on track. You're quite happy with your, your own swimmers? Yeah. Uh, those that have been training well without any incidents swim well. Um, having said that, though, I think the, the boys were a bit tighter than the girls, so they didn't perform quite as, uh, you know, if you compare their best times and stuff, they were a bit tighter than the than the girls. Um, I had one swimmer that did three three PBs, which was a little bit, um, yeah, no one else in the group did, so um, and that was good. She's probably underperformed a little bit in the past, and it was 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 always you know thought she'd go better than she had so so that was nice to see um and but other than that really those meets are sort of about race execution and getting the, the little things right um and then you know if, if they haven't been going as well and, and you know not crossing the t's and dotting the i's it's sort of picking them up on it and going well so that's where i think you know when the queenslanders come down um it sort of gives a bit of a wake-up call for uh, the New South Wales swimmers. Mm. Well, I wanted to ask you, obviously, state open for the for the listeners uh, from overseas is obviously as it is. It's an open event, so it's open to all ages as long as you make the qualifying time. So it's always an opportunity for a junior athletes to go along and get the, uh, you know, the experience of racing uh, alongside Ariane or, you know, Kyle Chalmers or, you know, Emma McKeon, whoever it might be, Cody Simpson, um, for a lot of the the young, you know, um, audience listening, everyone's super excited to to see Cody on pool deck. Do you like it for that reason as well, Shannon, to see, you know, the juniors racing some of the, and getting the access? So and I just want to say just quickly too, um, a lot of the swimmers were brilliant with giving their time and taking photos and can't be easy, I'm sure. You're getting your mindset right, you're ready to go out and race and you know some little kid goes can I get a photo and you know more often than not um they always oblige which I thought I know my swimmers in particular absolutely loved it do you like it for that reason as well for you know the younger swimmers rubbing shoulders with some of the older ones where ordinarily they might not get that opportunity uh yeah I think that's it's always a good thing when you've got a higher standard you know um and uh yeah, the proximity, it's about a month before the Australian Champs, um, which, yeah, in the past when the trials was on, the New South Wales Open was a bit more important meet, uh, being four weeks out. Now that's not so the case, but it's good to see that it still attracts some good swimming, uh, good swimmers. Um, I think it's good that there's B finals um, for those younger guys uh, to get a second swim, so that's good. Um so I think it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, as I said, just from my own experience, you obviously got older athletes competing at a higher level, but for my juniors who all got the opportunity to race, um, once they were able to sort of race and, and, and most of them did well, um, they got an opportunity to then run around and uh, spot the stars and ask them all for photos. And as I said, I, you know, I don't think sometimes the swimmers get enough credit for that sort of stuff the work they do behind the scenes and taking photos and you know 
for all the listeners out there, not always do the swimmers get out and have a great race, right? You know, they might get out and think, oh, no, that wasn't good. And they might be a bit disappointed and they're sort of walking off and they're in their own head. And then you've got someone go, can I get a photo? And I never <laughs> saw anybody say, no, rack off. I'm not in the mood. You know, they're all like, okay, yeah, no dramas and put on a smile and away they went. So I, I just want to commend them all for that. I thought they did a, a phenomenal job. Um, now, as the, the title of today's show states, World Records, and we saw one in the 200 backstroke, obviously, Kayla McEwen breaking the world record. Um, you were on pool deck, and we're going to do a bit of a watch along in a second to get to see yourself on TV, Shannon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you watch it intently? Did you see it? I know you were there, but, you know, we're always, and you've mentioned it a few times on our show, just because you're there doesn't mean you were watching. Did you, did you see it, or was it only just towards the end where you picked it up and you went, oh, shit, she's, she's going pretty quick here? Uh, I watched the first 75 um, and then I missed the, the next 50 metres. Um, and But as you said, yeah, I was, I was watching the race. Someone must have asked me something or blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll Maybe you had the swimmer. Channel. We've got the evidence, right? So we, we'll be able to see it in a second. Yeah, we'll see who it was. Um, and then, uh, and then I, yeah, so the first 75 and the last 75. Uh, and when she hit the 150... I, I said to Ron, I turned to Ron McKee and, and I said, oh, this, this could be a world record here. So, uh, and it was. So. Well, so you're a student of the game. Um, a question, do you, how many people do you think, other than obviously, you know, a few of you who are obviously very switched on to times and all that sort of stuff, do you think a lot of people got a sense that it was the world record? Was it on the board? I, don't, I just, I wasn't there at the time. So I can only imagine because it wasn't expected. Was it something that slowly people went, hey, wait a second. Yeah, well, I don't think it's funny those things, aren't they? Like sometimes they break the world record and, and all of a sudden you realise how many people just don't know what it is. Yeah. So, um, but I saw Chris Mooney uh, after the race later that night and um, uh, I said, what did she split at the 100? Because obviously, as I just said, I, I missed that split and he he rattled off a minute point something, and he said he thought the world record was on then when 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 he saw that split. So, mm. uh, yeah, and he coached you for a long time, so he would know. Um, so, did you say that stroke rate stayed about forty seven, forty six? Well, I only got two, um, and the footage looked it didn't look as good as that, that first thirty five meters. It looked quite normal, and then I don't, I don't know. If um, but at 47, um, and I remember thinking actually it, when I did watch that first 75 that I thought her rate was too high. Um, and um, so if that is the case, if that is 47, I, I think I think she can do that. Now, I don't, I don't know Kaylee. I don't coach her, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, that's where I'd be looking that trying to make that first 50 a bit more efficient mm. and then hitting a 30 for the second 50. Um, so just manipulating that, the energy of that first hundred meters. Yeah. Um, and then she might, you know, cause you would think, uh, you know, she's certainly fast enough to go faster uh, than 203. So I, I think there's, you know, there's, it's a world record, but, there's, there's certainly you know room for improvement, and obviously, 
you know, Michael and uh, Michael Bowl and, and Kaylee will be looking at that swim and dissecting it and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, she's certainly out after it. So, uh, you know, we say she was surprised. Maybe she was, she was certainly having a hit out there. That's for sure. So, and I thought her skill areas, just for the, you know, kids at home, if they want to have a look at that, I thought her skill areas were really good in and out of the walls as well, good underwater. Yeah. Um, and then maintaining that rate, which is a big thing, isn't it? Making sure what you're rating in, you're rating out, and then maintaining that. See a lot of it, especially in age group swimmers, I notice they, the rate drops just as they come into the turn, they push off, and then they, the rate comes back up after it. If that yeah, makes too sense. many of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking for a picnic uh, <laughs> on the turns. I've got a few of those athletes, actually. <laughs> well, you, if you watch that, she certainly maintained the rate in hit the wall and the same rate came off and, and it was sort of seamless. So yeah. Um, and world record. So um, it's not that she, she's certainly doing something right now. Obviously we saw that Shannon and, and it got, you know, the world excited, but also got the pool deck excited over the weekend. So I thought what we would do is dedicate this episode to world records. Um, you've certainly been uh, a part of some, you've seen some, um, and you're very knowledgeable in terms of the world records. Uh, as you said, you know, with 50 to go, you thought it was on. With 50 to go, I would have just been watching in amazement going, shit, this is a good swim. So, you know, you're obviously world records, you know, you're on. I wanted to throw a, a pose a question at you too. So, uh, and for all the listeners out there, you can play along at home. Um, if you can get it before Shannon, um, well done. So um, I had a look on, and, and all the stats today, by the way, we got from, well, I got from Swimming Stats, which is from Swim Swam on um, social media. So thank you to those guys. They do a great job. And, and that's how I sort of get my education from times and that sort of stuff. So what they've done, they've ranked the top 10 women's 50 freestyle swims of all time. I'm only going to go through the top five for you. Um, so num at number five, I'll, I'll start you. So at least it gives you a heading. So at number five is Emma McKeon with 2381. Do you know who the next four would be? Or do you have an idea? Uh, no, but <laughs> um, I'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. All right, so number four. I'm not oh, gonna... Yeah. Well, I'm trying to go in this order. Okay. Um, I'll say Penilla Bloom. No, she's third. So we've skipped ahead. So Kate Campbell is fourth with 23. Oh, because I, I thought Kate would be third. Mm. Um, Penel Bloom, uh, 23.75. Yeah. So just, just ahead. All right, so top well, two. Sarah, Sarah's number one. Yeah, 23.67. Number two. Mm. The time's okay. 23.73. And I can tell you she's not an Aussie. No. She's not an American. She's sweet. Can't give away too much, Shannon. I've got to let you. Oh. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, she's not an American, you reckon? Okay. Well, is, is it Therese Elsheimer? No, she's seventh. Oh. 23.88. It's really close, by the way. It's, it's interesting. You can be 10th fastest and be off by 0.10. So it's, yeah. It's... I don't know. British Stafford? Oh, yeah. From 09. 
So there you go, the top five. Number one, Sarah Showstrom, 23.67. Brita Stefan, 23.73. Penelope Bloom, 23.75. Kate Campbell, 23.78. And Emma McKeon, 23.81. Um, not to bore the listeners, but special mentions. Chroma with JoJo's sixth. Teresa Alshama, seventh. Uh, Libby Trickett was 10th, 23.97. Uh, Housel is in the top top 10 there. So. Oh, yeah. Friends. As I said, it's interesting, isn't it? You can be off by 0.1 and all of a sudden you're either the fastest or you're 10th fastest. But, yeah, I thought there was uh, some interesting reading there. Now, it gets me to some of the world records sort of conversation, Shannon. Um, what's the best world record you've been a part of? Uh one in which one of my swimmers has broken them. <laughs> that's, that's the question, Shannon, yes. Because <laughs> there's another question of what's the best world record you've sort of seen or been been privy to, but what's one, yeah, you've been you've been involved in, you've you've yeah, you've worked towards it. We you know, we famously see Dean Boxall's reaction when Ariane, you know, um broke the world record at trials. Mm. Um, that was not even, we saw his, his reaction at the games, but yeah, when she, she broke the world record, it was last year's trials, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure Australian champs anyway, broke the yeah. world record. So, um, you know, we, we know that have you, what's, I mean, you're not pulling a Dean Boxall, but have you been a part of that sort of, you know, invite where the world record's gone and you've gone just, you know, that was, that's a solid effort. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so Jody Henry and and Rega Patterson in the China breaststroke were the two individual world records, and then I've been involved with relays. Um, so a couple of Australians, I, I think uh, the Danes broke the world record for the four by fifty short course, which was held by Australia um, in twenty thirteen. So I mean, it's all a bit different, and it all depends. Like it'd be nice. To, um, if if they did it at some meet like the Australians or New South Wales Open, because you can celebrate, you know, like um, the hardest thing about uh, the two world records that I my, my swimmers broke were they were in the semi-finals, you know. So, um, so you don't well, yeah, you know, I think I've talked talked about the story with Jade, and so there was no real celebration celebrating at all. Um, with Rega, it was a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, by the time I got out there, uh, out the back, the back swim-down pool, where we were all sort of camped up, uh, you know, it was just all celebrating because it was the first Danish world record in 60 years. So, um, you know, I got there and it was like, <laughs> mm, okay, I think it's out of the box here, you know. So um, it was always going to be hard from there. And, and um, you know, Reg and I have talked about that um, after that and stuff, and, and and she understood what it was, but she want, she's she was glad she celebrated the moment and that so and that's fair enough, you know. Um, they don't come around all the time, and well, some swimmers more than others, but <laughs> um, but um, yeah, relay record world records are completely different to individual. You know, there's a real team. Um, about that um you know with the other three swimmers you know you, you have four coaches or at least three coaches um involved so they're completely different um 
and you almost celebrate them differently as well. So, um, so yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting thing. Like if if you had a choice, you know, world record or Olympic gold medal, I'd pick Olympic gold medal all the time. Mm. So, um, but they're they're a great thing, but yeah, they they end up getting broken, don't they? You know, so it's interesting as a kid growing up. I always thought this before, you know, as a swimmer, you know, because you saw Tracy Wickham's world record and it had been there um, since 78. Then I remember watching, um, seeing the record books, you know, it was uh, the world record for the 1500 was held by Kim Lynham. Uh, and that was from 79, you know. Um, and Tracy's world record, I think, stood for like just – just under 10 years and i always thought then i thought wow if a world record can last 10 years it's a good world record and i used to look at all that sort of stats and things mm. there was a time where i could name well, every world record male and female um obviously i should have been reading some other book but <laughs> i wasn't um and anyway so i always thought that and then um yeah mike barrowman is 200 breaststroke world record. So I think if you if you've got a world record and and it's getting that, around that 10 year mark, that's a very very good world record. You know, and I always felt it was a shame that um, you know some of those long standing world records that got broken in the super suit era um, of 09 um, because they wiped them from the book. And those, I mean, was it? Uh, the turn of back women's turn of back world record had stood there since the early nineties. So um, that was a shame. And I was I was, I was telling um, uh, on Wednesday afternoon we we suited up for a, a set which we I think probably the first or second time we've ever done that um, with my group. And um, the young guy who does sports science he was on deck doing some lactates and and um he said oh do the suits make a difference i said oh haven't you seen them swim in a suit before he goes no i went well you're in for a treat <laughs> and we were talking about it and then 09 came up in the conversation and and this i remember at the end of the year the statistic there was a world record every three days for that year yeah and uh and i was i told him that i said that's how much the suits changed things in that year and um and, and it, I, I can remember like I, I i think it's different now again and it's like it used to be previously if you thought there was a world record on the cards you'd hang around yeah i can just remember walking out and you'd hear the, the cheer in the background you know like so it's a bit like anything you know it's something that can happen and that, that's why i think you know an olympic gold medal i'd rather as a coach than a world record just because you can only get one every four years. So, mm. Question around world records uh, and when they're swum. So I'm just, you know, when we're talking about this, I'm sort of taken back to 2008 in Beijing in the men's 100 freestyle um, when I think it's Eamon Sullivan, is it Elaine Bernard? going backwards and forwards. I don't know if you remember this yeah. clearly. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure uh, that it gets broken in the heats. And then I'm pretty sure Eamon beats, breaks it in the semis. 
and then I think obviously uh, Eamon got silver in the in the in the final, and and the the record got broken again. What is is there a, a good time? Is there, I mean, is there a bad time to break a world record in terms of you know what you're prioritizing? And I guess it all depends on what you prioritize, right? So I'm just sort of getting inside your head at the moment. If you're breaking a world record in the heats or the semis, is that a, is that a, a can be slightly negative thing leading up to the final, or is it a a positive thing, or does it depend on who your athlete is and how well they can manage that? Uh I, I don't think it's ideal. You know, I think ideally you want it you want to do it in the final. Um, but you do see quite often world records go in the semis. Um, you know, the best swimmers are a little bit more relaxed. It's not the final. You know, they find the water a little bit better. They sit a little bit different. That 20 minutes lead up is more relaxed. So um, so it's not an unusual thing to see those world records get broken in semis and stuff like that. But it, it definitely makes it more difficult for the, you know, for the following 24 hours. So, um, uh, so ideally, it'd be great just in the final. Yeah. But you don't often get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. I do, yeah. I'm just, it, and it's, to your point, you look at those Olympic finals, especially, you know, not very often you see a world record broken. Uh, in the final, you, you know, you see a good race, but in terms of that super speed, you see it only occasionally, right? Because as you see, yes. you know, it's a little bit um, more intense. Yeah. I remember um, when I got back to Denmark, uh, there was a lot of coaches saying, why would you let Regan break the world record in the semi? I'm like, mm, wasn't that we talked about it, you know? like <laughs> yeah. Define let. Like, well, I got a choice. Just swam well and broke it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you hear uh, that a lot, don't you? And I, I mean, yeah. I hear it through the podcast because, you know, I'm always, I'm, 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 I like to think of myself as the everyman. I'm probably never going to, um, well, I certainly know I'm never going to break a world record myself. And the chances of me coaching an athlete that is going to break a world record is, is a lot lower than, you know, and than others. So I'm always interested in terms of those. And I always ask the swimmers who break world records, like, what was it like? What is it, you know? And even like Adam Peaty will say, he doesn't go out saying, well, I'm going to break a world record today. It's just that state of flow and they're in the moment, they're feeling good and all of a sudden it's on. So it, it is interesting, isn't it? Like, do you see that with the world records that you've been a part of? Do you look back and go, well, I probably, yeah, they were doing well, but I probably wouldn't have called that it was going to be a world record at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you know your athlete, and you know whether, you know, in the warm up that they could be looking really good, you know, but you don't want to talk to them about world records because that'll just bring the tension levels up higher. So, um, so you, you know, the coach has probably got a few markers in in, in that warm up period where they go, mm, "You're going to swim well tonight," you know. So, um, but then it's a bit just about um, keeping those expectations. Uh, un under a under a lid, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, you know, sw swimming's that type of sport. Like, it's not just about trying harder. In fact, and in, particularly in breaststroke, or you know, even butterfly a little bit, but but all of them really. Yeah, trying harder doesn't work. Um, 
you know, it's not like you're trying to lift something up over your head. So there's a lot of things that go into it and there's rhythm and, and you, you're trying to um, feel, get hold of water so that, and to carry speed, there needs to be re- relaxation. You know, you're in an environment that's 800 times denser than air. So there's a, there's a lot of balls in the air um, and, you know, it's, it, it's uh, it'd be nice if it was that easy to just say, just try harder, but uh, rarely is it. Yeah. Well, I hear a lot yeah. of parents say that, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, especially from the weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, interested, have you ever targeted a world record maybe undercover so maybe it's not a, an elaborate plan that you'd put the kid the the swimmer under the pump the athlete but have you ever thought to yourself i'm going to program and plan here and i i reckon we can get a record or you know just yeah 2014 yep um definitely 2014 uh uh with rega um and we, we weren't talking about we didn't we didn't say world record we were just trying to I was just trying to coach it to swim faster, you know. Yep. So, but definitely that was the plan. So to swim at two eighteen. So, um, yeah. So the year following uh, Jode oh five, yeah, that was sort of a down year. Like, um, so for her, she didn't train. She took some time off. Um, it was just about going, staying in the water, going to the world champs. Um, not actually trying to make any significant improvements, just learning how to deal with, you know, the media and and her obligations to uh, sponsors and things like that. So, um, so that was uh, completely different to the situation that I had with Rega. Um, probably relays um, was probably more to the point, you know, um, and I, I remember. Um, for 04, that we didn't want the girls to swim flat out prior to the final because we didn't want them to break the world record, you know, because back then it was sort of, you know, everyone's got to earn their spots. And, and I, I'm a, you know, not a big believer in that. Um, and, uh, I remember talk, talking to Lee when we, we met up about the um the relay and i put that scenario to him if they swim flat out to to earn their spot so to speak you've got three of the fastest four girls in the world that you know there's a chance that they break the world record three of three of the five involved are going to their first olympics and we're trying to keep the expectations at bay. Do we really want to be doing that? You know, so, um, and that was, I can't remember if it was day one or day two of the meet. So, um, so, you know, the individual swims were after that relay. And so you've just got to, you know, back your athletes, back the, you know, that they've had a good prep listen to you know their coaches so that was definitely one area where we talked about not going 
too fast because we didn't want to break the world record as a team, you know. I'm interested, and I want to bring it back, I guess, to the listeners and not everyone. I understand that the title of this podcast, World Records, is not always relatable to everybody who's coaching out there at an age group level. So I want to bring it back a little bit. We all sit down at the beginning of a season and we've sort of got ideas and and goals setting for the swimmers and we've got coming up to age champ. There's no doubt most coaches have a goal time that they want their kids to be hitting at age nationals. Right, I would assume most people do. So let's establish that that's essentially what you guys did when you're setting the the the, the world record. Yes, it's a world record, but it was her PB, right? That's you, you're setting a goal for a PB. So I'm I'm interested in terms of your communication towards that. So in 2014, you said you you've set a bit of a course for a world record in terms of you thought it was on and you had a bit of a plan behind it. Communication verbiage wise, leading up to it. Do you change the way you, like, okay, we're chasing a world record, but you're not going to say that. All right, here we go. We're going for the world record. What sort of language are you using other than chasing times and outcomes? Are you looking more at the process? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, whether it's a world record or a PB, I, I don't really think there's any difference to be honest you're trying to go faster than you've been before yeah um the the question is how so you know just as i sort of said earlier at the beginning like you know michael and kaylee will be looking looking at that swim now they might come away from that going oh actually didn't do this well didn't turn well who knows there might be three or four things you know that they're trying to to look at you know um so you're trying to dissect and look for areas of improvement um whether it's your swimmer from last year to the next year regardless of whether it's a world record they're just trying to go faster than they've ever been before now at as swimmers get older and faster, that gets harder and harder um, because, they, you know, they're not waking up stronger this year than last year. So so you haven't got age on your side. You've got full maturation and they've got to get better um, and they need more things as they get faster. They're getting better and better and, you know, there's less likelihood of... of making big gains in a start or a turn that a 14 or 15 year old you might have you know you can fix it make a turn faster by half a second or start you know 24 year old seasoned athlete been to two or three olympics mm, you're not going to find half a second in just one area so you know um yeah it's what you know if you're listening if you're to, you know, motor racing and Formula One or things like that, you know, um, yeah, people are looking for a tenth. So everything else has got to be right and then they've got to find a tenth. So it gets more like that. Your language around that from a psychological point of view is, yeah, to keep them in the here and now and the process of getting better, whichever that process may be. Yeah. Um, the outcome is is a distraction. Yeah. So. Well, I can imagine it'd be tempting, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Like 
it'd be as a coach, it'd be really hard to pull back and say, especially if you've watched Regger in in her last hit out before you're tapering off and she's you know, she's on, she's smashing it, and you're like, Oh, we're on here. It'd be tempting to say, Hey, listen, but you know, you've got to be patient and as you said, trust your processes and mm. um follow that follow that plan. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, like then you start getting to you know kpis and all of that you know and um that's where i still don't think that they've got got it right that conversation's not robust enough yet so um you know but that's probably another topic but um you know you mean in terms of australia yeah like in if you're in a high performance gig you've got kpis to to achieve to keep your job you know um and they're all outcome they're not process yeah so the coach has got to live in process world but get fired in outcome world (laughs) with these managers you know but they can't you know you can't say look you've got to swim a 202 uh otherwise i'm gonna lose my job you know (laughs) you can't be like that so you know that's the the swimmer has to put the outcome to the back of their head and live you know work on the process the coach has to do exactly the same thing yeah so yeah that's why a lot of times yeah uh people will say oh how was it oh relief (laughs) relief i didn't lose my job and i get got to keep my house (laughs) well it is and uh, you know for the listeners who know this podcast, they'll know uh, just, you know, from me, I'm a big like Wayne Bennett fan or, uh, and, and a lot of the talk around Wayne as a coach, one of the things he does the best is he takes the pressure off. So he's, you, you would never know, even if the team is under immense pressure to, to win, even to, you know, obviously he's a winner, but there's been times where he's had teams that weren't winning. His his players will often say, "Oh well, we wouldn't know." He's he's not mentioning we need to win, we need to do this. So, it is, I guess, an art form. We go back to the the art of coaching. Um, I can't imagine it's easy, as you said, KPIs. You know, obviously the school systems are all racing at the moment. Whether you're in Queensland or New South Wales, it's all about who's who's got the best private school and and who who's who's the top you know um, school there. So. And that all comes back to funding and things like that. And if you've got the top school, you're probably going to get more funding. So I can understand the pressures. It would be hard, Shannon, wouldn't it, to kind of go, all right, well, I'm copping it from this end, but I'm going to put a wall up and block it and no one else is going to know. That's, I mean, that's not easy to do. And I dare say not everyone does the greatest of jobs of that all the time, myself included. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, um if yeah you know, if you've got a school program or a big club program and and <clears throat> obviously you know let's just say you've got in a big club program you've got a hundred swimmers for argument's sake well as, as long as majority of them 60 70 75 percent of them are swimming well you're going to keep your job yeah well you should you know um so then as you get closer towards the top you're coaching less people so you've got 
less chance of that happening, you know? So, yeah, I always sort of, you have a laugh when people say, oh, oh, it must be easy just coaching eight athletes or 14 athletes or, you know, four or five athletes. And I used to think that in the 90s, you know, when you visit the AOS on a camp and see Gennady and he's got like four people. But in, in some things they're easier, but other things it's harder, you know. So, yeah, if you've got four athletes and, and um, one gets injured, the other one's sick and, and you're three days out from the major meet, you're down to two chances. <laughs> yeah, all, all your football team, you know, if your reserve guy is injured, that's not as critical as your halfback or something like that. So, you know, it's um, there is a lot of pressure on uh, on coaches, and um, it's at different levels depending on your job, you know. And but at the end of the day, it's all pressure, and um, very rarely does anyone say, "How are you going?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, um... And sometimes <laughs> our own professions, the worst that, you know what I mean? Yeah, we all yeah. understand what we're all going through, yeah. but um, coaches will be the worst to each other's, you know, to their fellow, um, what's the word? Yeah, uh, no, I know what you mean. And when I paused before and sighed, it wasn't because I had no idea what to say. It was just because, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're under it's the like bus. car mechanics. Yeah. Ah, the guy down the road, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, no, I think, you know, just bringing it back to the topic today in the world records, you know, I could imagine that it'd be, you know, just how, how you as a coach block it. Do you think it just comes down to Shannon? um experience and, and being in and experience around certainly helps yeah 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 i was actually only thinking that uh, the the longer you do this job the better you get in those all of those situations and um yeah things you get better at the highs and you get better at the lows you know um and terry dennison uh, he was a in, very, very good English coach, coached Adrian Morehouse to world records, um, a coach from Leeds. And I was, um, heard him talk once and, and he said he was never in the penthouse and he was never in the shithouse. He always tried to stay in the middle. Yeah. You know, talking about an apartment block. The swimmer was above him when they were going good and below him when they were going bad. He always stayed the same. And I think. That's probably the objective that you're trying to do, trying to have. And, um, yeah, I was about 32 when I heard that and I've never forgot it. Pretty good advice. And I think you get, the older you get, the better you get at that. Yeah. I guess, um, the difficult part of that I, from an age group coaching perspective, like, you know, just being objective is we have outside, um, you know, comments from parents or whatever it might be. So we we might be well trying to draw to run that line of staying, you know, quite relaxed. Oh no, it was okay. That was a good swim. It's not too bad. And then you, you might cop a comment from behind. Oh, what was that? That was shit ass. That wasn't good. What was happening here? What was happening there? So I guess it, it might be a little bit easier once you get to the to the high levels. But then again, once you get nah. to the high level, 
I'm assuming what I'm about to say is you're going to say exactly right. You've got then external, you know, you've got higher up coaches, you've got media, you've got other people now having an opinion. You've got public. It might not be a parent, but it might be Joe Blow sitting on the lounge going, do they even swim that properly? So yeah. all of a sudden you've got other people. But, yeah, it's 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 not an easy job, that's for sure. No, nah, yeah, it, yeah. You just get better. And, like, parents, yeah, you can still get parents that be the same as what you – you'd be coping with with um at age age group level uh some parents get better but, but don't expect it you know um generally speaking though um parents got to be pretty good for the swimmers to get to the top um and um you know i've had some really good parents so um the um but yeah, I just think you get better at dealing with it. You know, the, the old turtle shell on your back. You know, Ken Woods used to say, you've got to have thick skin if you're going to be in this game. So <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, I mean, back, to the, <laughs> back to the world records conversation. Um, what is the best world record you've seen? Now, again, we'll go back to topics where we've chatted before and I've thought Shannon would have been there and seen this because I knew he was on pool deck at the time, and then he'll tell me, I was in the warm-up here getting some rates on someone. I didn't see that race. But I'm assuming you've been around, you've, you've seen some, you know, some world records. What's what's the, the best world record you've seen? Not your swimmer. I'll take that out of it. So it's not an uh, athlete. Not my swimmer, not, my, not the relay team I was looking after. No, no, it can't be any of that. Um. Oh, that's a good one. I look. I, I think uh, the Manchester one with Ian Thorpe was. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't see the whole race. Yeah, but I think I've said it on the podcast before. I heard half of the race from you know below in the pool underneath the main pool, and and it was just one of those swims. I remember. Um, I thought I've got to get up there and see this, you know. And I, I think I saw the last seventy-five meters or so, and um, just the 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 whole atmosphere, um, everything that went with it, you know. Um, and yeah, I think he lifted his head at the end and and went was it forty one forty four oh six or something like that, or was it one forty point one something anyway. Um, no, it was the, the four hundred, wasn't it? It's was three forty point zero six. Is that is that right? Well, you've done it to me. This you do this a lot, where you look at me like I've got. I don't. You know way more than me, but I'd I'd back myself. If I, I think it was the three forty one. Yeah, and park. and then beat him and broke it in the super suit era, and and only by a little bit. And I can remember the reaction of some of the coaches was. I think Thorpe breathed inside the flags or breathed with a stroke to go or something like that. And if he didn't hadn't have done that, he, he would have broken three forty. So, um, so that one definitely probably you know the one that stands out the most. Certainly the one that comes to mind. So, um, but I think yeah, uh, you know some of those big barriers would have been great. Like imagine seeing you know the first woman to break 
um, the minute, you know, the first man to break 50 seconds, some of those top barriers rooms. Um, I mean, Mike Barrowman's ton of breaststroke, still one of the greatest, you know, breaststroke world records, uh, 210.1. Yep. Back in the day, you know, no dolphin kicking, blah, 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 you know, the amount of real changes and things that have happened since. Um, so, yeah, Christina Regazegi's 206 would have been fantastic to have seen. Yeah. So. Well, that brings me to my next point, and you're sort of uh, leading me to it with all the different records. Have you got a thought on what's the next world record to fall? Is there one that's right there that you think is just going to be knocked off in the next, yeah, I mean, world champs? Yeah, look, um, there's, I'm sure I won't get this right, um, but if if I had to say, if I had to put any money on a world record, um getting broken in the next 12 months without knowing all it and i had you yeah you made me do it right now yeah i am <laughs> i would say the women's short course 200 backstroke so okay and i don't think it's i don't know who has it i just don't think it's that good okay and it should be better kaylee or i don't know who's got it okay no, I think it's 159, though. Who's going to get it, do you reckon? Not sure. You're not going to? Okay. But I, I remember watching that event at, at the World Short Course in game. Hmm. Yeah. Women's 200 back, right? That's so, people. You put me on the spot. That's that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. If we were sponsored by, you know, some sort of betting agency or something like that and there was betting to be done, there you go, get on it. But there's not. Swimming's not involved in any of that sort of corruption. Um, not allowed to do any of it. No, no, but that's why I call it corruption. It's okay. I've done the online courses. I know what we can and can't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sport integrity and all that stuff. Um, so, no, I, I get that. But, you yeah, know, 200 back, yeah, well, you, you, you know, we just saw a broken long course. You know what Kaylee's skills are like. You know, some of the Americans obviously have got great skills as well. So, I think you might be on the money there. What's the hardest world record to break right now, do you think? Uh, the hardest world record to break is the shortest event. Men's so women's 53, men's 53. Do you think they're both equally as hard or do you think the women might get start breaking it before the men or do you think it's like for like? Uh, I think it's generally pretty like for like. Okay. So, um, but yeah. That, that, are, you, are you predicting it? It's not going to move for a while. Hmm. Uh, well, like you know, going back to those records, as we said, you know, the top five, you know, you point this point zero, that point zero, that you don't, you don't think someone can nudge twenty three six seven. What's the men's twenty one? Well, I didn't have those stats in front of me, Shannon. I'm not. Re I'm not, I'm not ready. It's not twenty yet, is it? Yeah, yeah. Let me get this up. Let me get this up. It's so, twenty short course, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, this is great. Podcast. My prediction would be that the men's and women's fifty-three will not be broken in the next twelve months. <laughs> there you go. Months, you say. Let me go back. Find it here. 
Mr. World Records. Uh, you want long course? Is twenty point nine one Caesar CLO? Oh. oh nine. Yeah. What have you got the top ten? Uh, let me see, let me see. I do. Uh, what, what's Fred? the fastest if you take oh nine out? If we take oh nine is oh eight counted? Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh then it's Eamon Sullivan, twenty one two eight. Really? There's that much of a difference. Um, if 08 counts, uh, if you're going back, if you're getting rid of 08 as well, you're going back to Alex Popoff, 2164. Oh, but uh, that's no, that's just the um, each world record's been lowered, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that, ben, ben Proud, I think, has been 2111, 20, hasn't he? Yeah, he'd be pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have the top ten. That was just, yeah, going oh, back to which yeah, world That's chronological record. order of yes, world records. Yes, yes. Put me on the spot. Pop, so Popov did that in Monaco, list. That I think. I think 94 from memory. It is interesting watching for, for the listeners out there, if you do any research on this sort of stuff, a lot of those world records that I was looking at just then, not a lot of them were at uh, Olympic Games or big meets other than as we said 09 with the super suit sort of era a lot of them were at trials or someone's european channel just something not as um so going back to what we're talking about with sort of more relaxed environments and that sort of stuff yeah yeah like, um i remember that the monaco pool it's underneath the soccer stadium and alex broke that world record in 94 i think from memory and I went, my first um, Man Ostrom tour was 1995 and they had, you know, his name and time and the lane he did it in on the block. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That should be, more of that should be done, especially here in Australia. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's I've seen it a bit around the world, but I don't can't recall it ever being done in Australia. Yeah. <clears throat> it'd be nice looking at that shannon in terms of the dropping you know obviously well i think that was 94 as we said and then it went to 2000 then it went to 2008 so in terms of the dropping the so it just shows how impressive pop-off was yeah and that's why the world records i i think were a lot more special back in that at those eras you know whereas they just completely got diluted uh in 09 um i think from memory you know alex had the world short course world record at the beginning of that year and i think he was ranked 32nd by by december yeah so like 31 people went under it and, and this is so it gets back to what we were saying a few weeks ago swimming like it really yeah we've got a great history from People who win, you know, multiple winners. Uh, we got time where we can, you know, compare. And what happened in those sort of 12, 18 months, it just diluted all the history, just went out the door. Mm. Um, and 
yeah, I think, you know, as because somehow it's like celebrate the competition, the rivalry and all of that a bit more, you know, like the Ledecky slash um, Ariane type rivalries and things like that. So, Certainly. yeah, you remember like 96, um, Gary Hall Jr. and and uh, Alex behind the blocks. Remember that was there? <laughs> Yeah, well, Things like certainly that. from a promoter's point of view, if you want to make money and get bums in seats and build your television ratings, and which we all know television ratings is and advertising is where the money's at, you've got to create this environment that's almost yeah. like a fight type. It's not fighting. We all know a lot of the swimmers get along behind the scenes. Some of them don't, but more often than not, they're cordial and they, they get along. But you know, you've got to somehow build those sorts of things. I've been on board with, you know, what you've mentioned with those sort of stuff for a long time. I think it's it's important to build those rivalries. It's what made Tokyo so special. I believe for a lot of it was those big, you know, Chalmers versus Dressel. Yeah. Brown versus Katie. Um, you know, yeah, well, back in the 80s, there was um, Tom Yeager and um, Matt Biondi. Someone put up, I think, it was a hundred thousand or fifty thousand, something like that. Yeah. And they had a match race, uh, and it was on Wide World of Sports here in Australia. Yeah. And they were swimming in Florida or something, Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, it's fantastic that sort of thing. Yeah, just, yeah, for sure. It's it's not specific to the racing or anything about the world records and all that sort of stuff, but. In, in terms of what we're saying for promotional stuff and getting more bums in seats and bringing money back to the sport so we can get it back on prime time. And mm. not that Amazon didn't, you know, Amazon do a great job. I, I like what they do, but there's a lot of people who don't want to pay the five ninety nine or whatever it is to subscribe to it. They, they want to watch it at seven thirty again on channel nine. So the only way to get that is to build it. And well, I think yeah, what you've got there is a great idea. Now, I reckon, you know what, I've always, yeah. well, not always, but I've said it for a while now, they should have a historic round like the footy. Yeah. Have an historic swim meet where you can't wear a suit, the modern-day suit. You've got to wear old-style old, old cozies. Got to go back to the togs, no goggles? Oh, no, you'd have goggles. We don't <laughs> want people running in lane ropes. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> Put on a show, it was a spectacle. <laughs> Uh, that that'd um that'd change things up a little bit, I reckon. You know, yeah. the um, and yeah, you know, it'd be one of those sorts of meets where you you know have to pay t to come and watch. Yeah, you know, yeah, big tables and stuff like that. You know, you'd put it on a bit of a show. Mm. Um, so yeah, just under that, no race suits, just. just totally different to the world record conversation we're having. Do you ever go into a meet and say, we're not suiting up for this? And and for what reason do you do it? Have you ever said, just we're racing and training togs today? Um, not at a big meet, obviously. We're not, <laughs> no one's yeah. flexing that hard to get up at, you know, age nationals and. I did it a fair bit back in the Chandler days. Um, the last time I did that was in Denmark when um, we went to, you know, it was like a, a New South Wales Open type meet. It was called the East-West Meets. Mm. So the whole of the East Coast go and compete somewhere and the whole of the West Coast 
go and compete somewhere. Yeah. And um, we did that. And what I – it was – you were allowed to pick one event that you could suit up for, but all your other races had to be um, uh, in just your training dogs, you know. Yeah. And for what, what was the specific sort of – was it psychological? What, what were you trying to get out of doing that? Um, I think I, I was just trying to mix it up a little bit for, for that. Um, see how see how they'd compete. Uh, and, and, you know, like probably one of the things was trying to bring them back to the field a little bit in Denmark because you just haven't got the, you know, the, the sheer numbers of, of good athletes. Um and to be honest, I probably should have done it a bit more. Um, so uh, if, if I had, if I could change one thing, it's what I should have done more of. Is there a specific time you would do it, Shannon? So is there, you know, just for the listeners out there who hear that and might go, oh, that's actually a good idea. Maybe they've already done it. Um, and I only ask, as I said, I've always sort of thought I've heard of these. I haven't really done it too much every now and then. Um, we'll mention it to a few swimmers, but certainly not targeted. But is there a, is there a time and a place for it, and and if so, yeah, that? yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, it's just whether people are brave enough, you know. Um, you, you probably wouldn't do it four weeks out, but you might do it earlier in the season, you know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Bit of a uh, bit of insight there. Um, for all the listeners, and as I said, yeah, it wasn't a question I had down, but you just sort of made me think about it when we're to, going back to not having race suits and stuff like that. And I have heard, um, you know, of coaches and teams doing it for certain reasons. So I just thought I'd chuck that out there. Um, all right, what do we got coming up, mate? What's your week look like coming up? You got anything exciting on your agenda? Uh, I've got a pretty tough set Saturday morning. Um, off the back of New South Wales, we've had a bit of sickness. So, um, you're blaming Sydney so far. Yeah, I've got three that have been crook and one with a bad neck. So, four. So, it's been a yeah, and you have all these plans, and eh. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, oh, should I do this set? Oh, maybe this set. Oh, I think this is where this would be better at coming off the meat. That, oh, no, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, are you blaming Sydney for this yes. sickness? Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought and, and swimmers at home, you know, oh, I haven't seen someone for like four weeks and they've, it's a long lost auntie and hugs and everyone's forgotten about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, when you say big set on, on Saturday coming up, what sort of, what are we talking about here? Uh, we're doing 25s, 50s and 75s, 500 metres. Okay. So, so looking forward. So yeah, it's a short course pool setup for Saturday morning. So yep, that's yep. that's our next one, um, and then we're another week, and then I've got three swimmers going to age, and a week after that we'll be on the sunny. Well, let's hope it's sunny. Well, I remember last time we were up there, the first half of it, yeah, it was raining and and not the greatest, and then the second half the sun came out and. It was almost, you know, completely different weather. So you just never know when it's outside what you no, think. Right. So for the listeners out there, if you are going to age, just be aware. Could anything could happen? Don't just think, oh, it's on the Gold Coast. 
I'll get a tan. I'll get you know, go to the beach. It could be raining. You could get stuck in the stands cooking like a chicken because there's no shade. No offense to the the people there who put it on, but there's no shade. So just be, if you've never been, because I've got a few going for Shannon for the first time, a thirteen year old's pairs going up. If you've never been and you feel like you're going to be sitting in the stands for a while, yeah, just just be ready. Slip, slop, slap. That's exactly. If it's a hot day, you you do not escape from. Yeah, it's a sort of mate. You you don't want to have a lot of backstrokers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had people because we train outside at Bexley and at San Susie, so quite often some coaches they've never followed through with this, but they'll always say, "Oh, can we come and do some training sessions with you guys and get a bit?" Because they train indoors. No one ever follows through, but um, yeah, they're always. That's when they start getting a bit worried. All those swimmers who are in the aquatic centres and. They're beautiful, lavish facilities. They're private schools. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they get chuck them outside. And they're like, shit, we don't account for this. We need to go swim in the sun for a bit. Especially yeah. the backstrokers, as you said. Uh, all right, mate. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for the listeners for joining us. And, and thank you, Shannon, for taking us through some of the, the world records. It's obviously something uniquely you can kind of talk to us about. I've never been there, and a lot of the listeners. Uh, have either only witnessed it um, and been around it. A lot of them probably haven't been a part of it or um, certainly um, had a swim it, you know, swim it. So thank you very much for that. Um, we do have a bit of a, a heads up in terms of what's coming up. So um, stat guru David Clark's going to be on soon. Shannon to talk to us about some some really interesting stuff leading up to the Australian champs in terms of the history of the Australian champs and. Uh, all the sorts of things that go into that just to get us G'd up uh, and ready for the Australian champs that are coming up the week after Nationals on the Gold Coast. Uh, and also, Shannon, I think we're going to cover taper time again a little bit as well and just touch base with all the coaches listening. I think it's probably it's the episode that's given me a lot of grief. Uh, landing the plane. Coaches, landing the plane. I've copped a lot of grief from it, but also I've copped a lot of people really giving great feedback from it in terms of it sort of just rejigged a bit of their thoughts and in terms of tapering and things that they might not have thought about or crossing the T's and dotting the I's. So I think we might revisit that one again next week as well. So we've got a bit planned coming up um, for all the listeners out there. So thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, we do, in, you know, enjoy and appreciate all the listeners out there. It always sort of blows my mind. People come up to us on pool deck and, um, so, you know, say thank you very much for the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Once Shannon and I click off here, we sort of go about our day. We send it out. I've got no idea who's listening um, and, and who's getting stuff from it. Obviously, we do it for a professional development reason to try and help coaches. And, and if there's parents listening, maybe give them a bit of an understanding and an insight into the coaches weird and, and wonderful brains um but you know for all the listeners who do come up um thank you very much we do appreciate it um, we do it for the for the reason of as i just said trying to give back um but the the acknowledgement is always nice isn't it shannon yeah well hopefully it helps um it could be dangerous with with the taper if you've copped a bit of grief you want to go there, go there again? Well, I think reason they got grief, Shannon, is because I probably didn't listen to the podcast. I think I went on my own direction. Because <laughs> I remember thinking, shit, well, I've already got this planned. I can't go back now. So, you know, there you it's go. It's a tr tricky topic. So, <laughs> yeah. 
It is. It is. And, you know, as you said, there's many different things to get into, whether someone's sick or injured and how they're coming into it and all that sort of stuff. But we will revisit it again. We are not that far away from landing the plane. So uh, I think for all the listeners out there, they do enjoy that one. So uh, we've got a fair bit coming up and I'm excited for it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much to all the listeners. Have a great weekend. Uh, if you've got some last chance swims coming up, well, I'm actually coming down to Canberra on Saturday. Shannon, I'm bringing a team down to you got a last, oh, chance. last chance dance. Swim. That that would be my pet hate. Well, it's just more of a team trip, Shannon. All right, stop shit-canning <laughs> everything. It's just we're getting the little mini buses and we're heading down to Canberra for the day. Oh god, just a bit of fun. Good luck with that, but yeah. <laughs> You're lucky I'm not calling the shots. I'm like, nah, these are all out. Uh, you haven't got it by February. Boom. <laughs> Come back next year. So if you're going out to Homebush this weekend, uh, good luck for them. I'll be like the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. <laughs> no, more, no more swims for you. Come back one year. Oh, have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you all next week. See you, everyone. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck, and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to prosumeworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to prosumeworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.